Previously on Vengeance. Hulking figures in uh, dark clothing. They've just cut through the string holding your cow in place. Magnus, you hear a rush of many footsteps behind you. It, it's coming from inside the house. Boys, we gotta find them. Gotta get that rapier. Ooh, I wanna see that gold. Wanna see those gems. Pimlin, the moment he wakes up and hears this, without even looking, just like cannonballs out the window and runs off into the orchards. Bartender says, I need you to run and he shakes his cocktail and he flings it on I guess everyone but Sergio and you all turn invisible. Right, well, it's time to go to Ariga's house then. And as you guys are running away, there's a huge flash of fire and the windows blow out and like the entire bar is on fire. Oh no. A uh, large uh, farmhouse uh, down at the end of the lane. And it's just completely like chock-a-block full of plants. In an easy chair with a blanket on her lap is an old woman. Good evening, old woman. <laughs> well, you call him like you see him, don't you? We'd like to speak to Kaus, please. Oh, I just assume he died uh, like everybody else in Occam. Is it possible that we could see his room? Well, yeah. Let's have a cup of tea first. And the plants around her, one of them sprouts like a, a pitcher plant kind of appendage and then forms a sort of cup shape and all these refreshments are appearing around you. That's ill. Smack in the middle of the desk is a book. It has more the look of like a journal. The thing you immediately notice is that you do not know the language. Uh, the only one of you who recognizes it is Sergio. This would take you a very long time to translate. There's another page that has a red hand with a white seven-pointed star and a sort of blue helix shape top to bottom in front of that. And then the following six pages have illustrations of six weapons. And I worked with the Thieves Guild until the head rogue stole a crown jewel and I just had to steal it for myself. So I guess we can kind of pick up with Pimlin here. So you have run into these orchards. It's a misty evening. Um, You can hear a scuffle, uh, the sounds of a scuffle coming from the direction of the unicorn's mouth. And uh, you are among these trees from which are dangling all sorts of strangely shaped, uh, almost grotesque fruits. What do you do? Hmm. Have I seen these fruits before? Do they pique my interest? Uh, You have not, and they do. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to climb a tree and pick one up, or pick one off of the tree. Okay. Yeah, uh, the one the one that you happen to grab is uh, heavier than it looks. Uh, it has almost a flesh-like skin. Interesting. Uh, it almost looks, like, darkened or almost cooked. Uh, I'm going to take my dagger and cut it in half. Okay. Uh, a savory aroma rises from it, and actually uh, you feel some heat rising from this fruit. Weird. <laughs> That's such a, a weird to visualize. Just like cutting open an apple, and you're like, "Wait a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is supposed to be like pleasant and magical and intriguing. This is such a nightmare. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I take a sniff of it. Okay, uh, it smells like pot roast. Ooh. Huh. I feel tempted, and I'm going to eat it. Okay. I'm going to take a bite. Yeah, great. Um, okay, yeah. Um, it is delicious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it, so it's like, it looks like the flesh of like a, a like a really dense watermelon or something like that. Um, okay. But it 
it tastes like beef imbued with the flavors of like onions and carrots, like, you know, like a pot roast that you would make over a fire or something. Mm. I'm going to pick a few more and shove them in my backpack. Okay. They are extremely heavy. Um, oh, okay. Yes. Uh, but you, you could probably comfortably carry one, I would say. All right. Well, I'm going to carry one then. Cool. Um, you uh, roll perception for me. Uh, 15. 15. Okay. We'll, we'll say you've thrown one in your bag and you're maybe like walking a little bit or something. You realize you've come to an end of the orchard. And what you see outside of the orchard is a space of about 20 or 30 feet of just open grass. And then there's like a dark, dark green wall of foliage in front of you. Mm. And as you kind of look at it, it's not trees in the darkness beneath trees. You realize you can kind of see the forms of trees beneath this, this thing, but it is completely covered with a vining plant whose leaves are in a sort of um, like arrowhead shape. Oh, okay. And furthermore, you see some movement. You see these vines um, actually, you, at first you think they're waving in the wind, uh, but you see they're actually growing before your eyes and sort of reaching out across this open space toward the orchard. Hmm. How tall is this wall? Uh, like 50 feet. Oh, oh okay, wow. Yeah, like, like the height of a forest. <laughs> That's a big wall. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm certainly not going to climb it. And I'll say the orchard, the orchard and the open space uh, extend in both directions. In front of you. Oh, okay. So there's the orchard, and then, then like twenty open feet, and then the wall. Yeah. Okay. And the vines are reaching towards the orchard. Mm-hmm. Do they seem interested in me? Like I get close to the wall and I walk like along it to see if any of the vines come out. Yeah, um, they don't seem particularly interested in you. Um, That's good. Yeah, it doesn't. You don't get like a sentient vibe necessarily. It's more like just a very fast growth, kind of in the upper reaches, as if this thing is trying to expand the ground that it's covering. Oh, okay. Like vines do, just yeah. trying to reach onto yeah. everything. All right. But like in mega fast forward, like time lapse. Okay. And the party is the opposite direction, right? Yeah, the party is back through the um, through the orchard, and actually, at this point, um, you would hear some muffled speech, which you would kind of determine to be roughly outside of the tavern. Oh, okay. Do I recognize the voices? Uh, yeah, you recognize the voice of Magnus. Oh, all right. Well, I'm gonna run to Magnus and tell him about this weird vine wall that I saw beyond the orchard. Okay, so you start heading back toward the orchard. As you're, and, it's, and I think I said it's a, it's a misty evening, so you can't quite see to the tavern just yet. Mm. As you think you're approaching the tavern, you hear the sound of footsteps running off to one side. And as you get to the road, you look up the road, and you, can, you only see Sergio running away. And just then, there's a huge explosion, and the inn, uh, like the windows blow out of the first and second floor of the inn, and glass shoots out, and you're sort of knocked back. Uh, as this place lights up. <laughs> and Sergio continues running in the opposite direction. Sergio, where are you going? <laughs> uh, so I guess we we advance the fiction to the point of like the rest of the party getting into Auriga's house and having a conversation. So maybe we'll say that Pimlin gets the benefit of like getting to look in on this interaction and deciding whether he wants to join. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you follow uh, Sergio, and um, you can dimly see him as he reaches a large old house at the end of the lane. You see him go inside, and you also see the dim outline of several other figures go inside with him. 
and uh, as you come up to the house, there's a wrought iron gate that they left open um, in a space of about 50 feet to the house. I want to sneak up to a window. Cool. Uh, roll cell. 13. 13. Okay. You make it up to a window, undetected, as far as you can tell. Um, and you look in, and you see uh, your friends sitting uh, in a, like a living room, just completely, completely full with potted plants. Uh, they seem to be drinking tea from strangely shaped cups and uh, eating scones from strangely shaped saucers. Uh, and they're all they're all gathered around a, a very, very old elf woman who seems to be causing the plants around her to grow. And at one point, Suka seems to pull a cutting board out of nowhere and is chopping an onion. And everyone's smiling and laughing about that. And then uh, suddenly everyone gets up and goes up a staircase to the second floor. Uh, right as that happens, you hear right next to you, like a boom. And suddenly uh, there is a very large, very white dog at your side. And you're very small, so this would be like eye level with you. Um, and it like jumps up on you and starts licking your face and barking happily. All right, I'm going to rub its face. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, it uh, it it uh, enjoys that. And when you look up, you see uh, the elderly elf woman uh, leaning out the window right above you and says, "Well, you may as well come in too. Your friends have already gone upstairs." Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to sneak around. <laughs> no, it's okay. I could tell uh, you, you bunch are, uh Well, you might have your wrinkles, but you're good at heart. Oh, thank you. I like your dog. Is this your dog? Uh, yeah, that's Blinken. Blinken? Yeah, he uh, he wandered out of the woods a few years back, and we've, uh, well, I've adopted him as my own. Okay. Yeah. Enough talking through the window. Let me come inside. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So uh, presumably she would chat you up a little bit uh, before sending you up after your comrades and you would learn as they did that uh, she is the recent widow of a fellow, well, she and him used to, in the underground magic days, used to operate a, uh, a transmutation, ma- sort of informal trans- transmutation magic school out of their home. Um, mm. And they accepted students there and they still get pupils. They're very old and very wise and very talented in the ways of magic. Um, but he uh, he died recently, and uh, she's just kind of living out her last days in this place that she is very much at home in. But she sent you on your way up up the stairs to meet your comrades. All right. Uh, so you walk into a room and you see your all your friends gathered around a book. Hey guys! Oh, hey. <laughs> I thought you exploded. Thought I exploded. I thought you guys exploded. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> I saw an explosion, and I, I assumed it was had something to do with all of you. Oh, I mean, it was you know, it a hundred percent had to do with us. Like we didn't cause mm. it, but, you know, we didn't we, cause it. Yeah. Oh, but it had to do with you guys. Yeah, that's fine. All right, that's fair. I like mischief. <laughs> what was the explosion about? Oh, you know, some some thugs thought that we had this weapon that they were after. I'm just gonna like look at Pimlin. Like and just like trying with my eyebrows, be like some weapon. Mm-hmm. There were like fifteen of them. 
you know, I got the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> Geppetto's going to lean over and just be like, we totally had it under control. And then he's going to spit a little blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems bizarre that they sent 15 thugs over some rapier. I mean, weapon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we handled it, even though we were slightly smaller in number than we normally are. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> I'd have found you guys would be all right. I think Palfrey probably thought that he had attempted to run into the fight and just gone the wrong way. Just missed. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Thank you. Sometimes my perceptions are a little low. <laughs> As I was running away, actually, as I went outside to just get some fresh air at the exact moment that thugs came in, I uh, explored this orchard back here. And uh, I wonder if the old elf lady knows anything about this giant 50-foot vine wall. It seems very mysterious. Yeah, I mean, plants seem to be her thing. So. Oh. Also, before we go much further, we found a really neat picture book. And I'm going to mm -hmm. hold out the book and kind of flip through all the images. Um, so Sergio recognized the runic text as a sort of correspondence puzzle thing among wizards that he is familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I think all I said about it was that Sergio's impression is that it would take a very long time to translate it. Mm -hmm. I could have sworn we talked about a town where I thought I we could go to get it translated, but maybe I was making that up. I guess, I guess, so one piece of it, I'll, I'll give you sort of a meta sense of, of this. Sergio can attempt to translate one page at a time. If you are in a safe place where you can take some time to do it, I'll give you a stab at translating a page. Let's say you're traveling for multiple days or something. Um, if you are undisturbed during that period, you could incrementally work on it. And then at the end of that time, I would give you a roll. But so I'm going to tell you that when you try to translate things, I have perfect, less good, and bad translations of each page. Depending on how you roll, you will get one of those. And then if you want to improve upon that, yes, you would have to seek the help of other wizards. So like Sergio Solo only gets one shot at each page. And so depending on how you roll, you may, you may deem that you want to learn more about that particular entry, and then you would need some help. Very good. So the pages of the book. Yes. So you're just describing the pictures in them, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so it's it is. Uh, I'm, I'm asking for some uh, dramatic irony from you all because this is a, a nine-page book, uh, which is not really <laughs> worth calling a book, but it is the length of book that I had the time to create. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, so basically, you have nine nine pages that that you can investigate. the um, The images are plain for you all to see, but the text is mm -hmm. is what needs decoding. What's the? Uh, we don't know the importance of these things, do we? If someone took the time to put these items into a book, they probably have some significance. Yeah. I mean, there's only, like, the the lady at the fountain said there were seven items that the subcommittee is looking for, right? And this is only six. So I don't know if it's the same. Does it look like, uh, I guess I can make a perception check. Does it look like any of the pages have been torn out? Or is that just, you know? So, so yeah, I, I don't think you'd even need a perception check for it. This looks almost like a brand new book. Like all these writings look very recent, um, okay. especially the last one, but this looks like something that somebody started and then abandoned after a very short amount of time. Gotcha. So the items in this book, people are probably willing to kill for them, right? Possibly already have. Yeah. Huh. 
Well, guys, <laughs> <laughs> I got something to confess. Um, that orchard has really good fruit. It tastes like <laughs> a beef. <laughs> and it's hearty. I think we should gather some up before we go somewhere on our next adventure. <laughs> we, may, we may want to ask. That's like her life's work. And she seemed pretty generous downstairs, but we should probably ask her. But it sounds like we also mm. need to ask her about some wall of vines. So, Yeah. Do, did you guys ask her about this book? Does she know anything about it? Not we, yet. We just found it. And then you kind oh, of suspiciously. Okay. I was say, don't tell her I took a I took a piece of fruit. Oh, I mean, Hemo just started pulling fruit out of his bag when we were downstairs and she was fine with it. I'm just oh. going to be going forward. We hmm. Well, she seems knowledgeable. I wonder if she would know anything about the meaning of this book. Worth asking, right? I mean, she seems trustworthy. And I mean, she was doing stuff the subcommittee didn't like. So if we're worried about them. I just don't know that I trust any of these fruits. Basically, the only greenery we had to eat back home was the lichens and algaes that would grow on the rocks. We used to crush lizards. Your parents never made you eat carrots? I, I don't know that word. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Gemetto knows about butter, but not carrots. Who's <laughs> read a book? <laughs> it was just a book on turning butter. Alfred's <laughs> going to say, if you've never had carrots before, you're in for a treat. <laughs> Honestly, I'm a little bit jealous of you getting to experience your first carrot. If I had never had a carrot before and I were eating my first carrot now, knowing what I know about the world, I, it would mean so much more to me. <laughs> I fail to see how carrots have anything to do with vengeance. You're right. You're right. You're right. I, I stand correct. <laughs> One would argue a nutritionally balanced diet is important for it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> should we go ask her about the, the book? and the, the? That sounds like a fine idea. All right, I'm going to tromp back down the stairs. I like how uh, Sergio and the call for vengeance is like the guy at night, uh, tonight at the Apollo with the hook or whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Usher, Sandman. Yeah. Sandman. Sandman, yeah. Ushering <laughs> scenes off stage. Sergio. <laughs> Becoming the heart and soul of this team in the sense of being like, guys, this is not about vengeance. Let's go. <laughs> uh, okay, so you head downstairs uh, and uh, you see the woman is asleep in her chair Ooh. with an extremely large, uh, very white dog asleep on her lap. And uh, the dog lifts its head and then <laughs> disappears. And an instant later... <laughs> reappears at the bottom of the stairs uh, and is coming up and uh, whoever's in front is getting a lot of licks from this dog. Uh, Luke, is the Blink dog named Blinken? <laughs> it, it, it might be. <laughs> I was just saying. Yeah. Uh, I think Magnus is towards the front and I don't honestly know if Magnus has ever seen the dog before. Okay. So I, I think he's going to kind of like backpedal like what what is this thing uh okay the uh uh orga rouses in her chair and uh, oh that's that's just blinking blinking come and uh blinking relents <laughs> and uh she says uh the kids are still up huh i we weren't gonna sleep in the room were we some of us might oh i desperately need to sleep that health potion did nothing for me <laughs> I got a couple more hours, and I'm going to spit a little bit more blood. 
Oh we also have some questions about some things. Uh, I'll be happy to answer as soon as you clean up that blood off my floor. <sighs> Are any of these plants absorbent? Uh, they are now, and she, uh, <laughs> gestures, and, uh, one produces a cloth. I'm gonna start to scrub up the, uh, blood off the floor as I hold the book up to Magnus. It is remarkably absorbent. Oh. <laughs> this, this plant is so brawny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's of the genus, uh, ShamWow. <laughs> um, I guess I'll take the book up to her and just say, like, our friend Kaus, did you ever see him with this? Okay. Um, she... What does she do? She takes it, thoughtfully, okay. and uh, opens it, sees the first page, which is just text, and uh, she says, oh, these... <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that a guy like Kaus would be into these puzzles. Uh, I remember uh, I remember when, when Wizards started passing these around back in the underground days, and as she's saying that, she turns to the second page and sees the symbol of the red hand with the seven-pointed white star and the palm with blue helix running top to bottom. And uh, she stops talking and closes the book and says, I didn't know he was mixed up in that. I'm sorry, kids. I don't want nothing to do with this. You're on your own. What? I mean, what is it? I mean, we don't even know what it is. I'm, I'm sorry if it offended you, but we don't. if we've got something bad in our possession, we at least need to know what it is. Uh, she says, um, what does she say? She says... <laughs> Rigel is taking a shit on everything we built, and I've fought my battle with him, and I think I won, but maybe I didn't, and my time here is almost done, and I just want to enjoy what I have here. You know what, Sergio? <laughs> yes? It's been a time. Ben, Ben. Vengeance, vengeance. You think you, you, you think you can pick up where Cows left off? Uh, well, yes, I I believe so. Um, unless I miss my guess, these items probably have some significance and some power, and I'm on a quest to build my strength and my ability. So why not? I think this serves the cause of vengeance. And it sounds like this guy was a pretty bad dude, Sergio. So you know, maybe we get to put the hurt on him. Indeed. Good. Now I leave it to you then. Luke, out of game, how do you spell the name of the person that she said? Uh, R-I-G-E-L. Okay. I think it's technically pronounced, like the star at least is to pronounce Rigel, but that just sounds like a silly butler or something. <laughs> Nigel. Yeah. Rigel. Rigel sounds cooler to me. Yeah. Well, if you're, I mean, thank you for the information you've given us. On a possibly lighter note, a vine wall? I'm just going to gesture. Yeah, Elf Lady. I forgot your name. Um, Origa. Origa? Origa, sweetheart. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I grew up on the streets. I'm illiterate. Don't mind me. Um, I was stumbling <laughs> across. I was stumbling in your orchard over there. Those are some delectable. That's not a street kid word. Um, those are some really tasty. <laughs> you have on that tree over there. <laughs> Oh, and she, she she brightens significantly at this and uh, says, uh, oh, you tried some, did you? 
What which which did you have? Uh, well, it tasted like a a beef roast. <laughs> did you like it? Oh, yeah, it was delicious. She goes for a high five. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's that's uh, roast fruit. That's one of my uh, boy. Came up with that one in, in my younger days with one of my favorite students. You know, we've we have bent plants to do. Uh, we've bent those poor trees to do all kinds of crazy things, and some of them better than others. But that's that's one of the ones I'm really fond of. I'm glad you tried that. Hmm. What's the uh, caloric density of those fruit? Like, is it? <laughs> yeah, caloric density. That's real street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you're, you're trying to make a loaf of bread last, you gotta you gotta know these things. <laughs> <laughs> the steal the last minute, the longest amount of time. <laughs> yeah, she said. You know, uh, my uh, in in his uh, in his final days, that was about the only fruit my uh, my husband Lemuel ever wanted to eat, hmm. and uh, you know, so I, I think fondly on it. Well, you have a talent. Well, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad you like it. And uh, what's that giant vine wall keeping out? Yeah, yeah, that. Uh, well, Lemuel. Uh, he was a couple years older than me, and in his final years, I, you know, frankly, he was suffering from some dementia, and um, he, you know, he stopped taking students, and he started spending more and more time in the forest of voices, which is just in our backyard here. You know, he would go in there for for days at a time and come out having figured out new spells, and you know, I gave him his space and let him have this dalliance, as it were, but uh, he he started experimenting little uh carelessly and uh near as i can tell he created this plant called arrowroot he must have planted it somewhere in the forest and in a, a matter of weeks it had completely covered the entire forest and you, you can't even get near the place mm. this this stuff grows so quickly in fact uh I, I feel responsible so i've organized some local boys to to help keep it at bay to keep the orchards safe but uh he, he never returned from, from those woods uh, once that, that vine showed up. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but you know, he lived a full life and mm. you know ate plenty of plenty of roast fruit, so. That's all that matters. So what's in this forest of voices other than learning spells? So a thing that you all would know about this world is that like the recent emergence of magic is tied specifically to like people finding and reawakening and communicating with lots and lots and lots of gods. Mm -hmm. Namely, every single god in the back of the player's handbook can or does exist in this world. And so, like, in the timeline we initially created, there was, like, a, like, very, very ancient civilization, the ruins of which are around. So there's a sort of general understanding that that civilization may have worshipped or been in touch with these gods, and whatever connection they had has like subsided and those gods are mostly sleeping, but here and there people have reawakened these gods and learned things from them. So with that in mind, she would say, you know, it seems to me that uh, he could only be getting what he was getting out of that place from one of the, the old spirits. And um, you know, I, I don't, I don't get around too well anymore, I, but uh, I'm sure someone would find something if they could get in there. Hmm. Very curious to see what's in there. I think there's riches in there. Like, <laughs> adventuring through this forest of voices and... it, it's possible i mean the reason they call it the forest of voices is because supposedly as soon as you go in there you start hearing things back in the old days i had heard of it 
a little bit that it was a place where people would go to, to try to find something and they wouldn't come out. And uh, so, you know, if each of them was carrying a gold coin, there's probably a few hundred in there at least. I don't get what's so special. I hear things now. <laughs> I heard you say all of that. It was, I mean, we hear things. Still scrubbing the blood. <laughs> I, I think the floor is clean, Gibetto. Oh, I've been leaking as we've been talking. <laughs> I'm very hurt. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate you kids taking an interest in me, um, but uh, I, it's late and I'm very old and very tired. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so I think I'm going to turn in. Um, you know, pretty much all of my borders were uh, over in Occam today and... Uh, I'm assuming didn't make it, so you're you're welcome to accommodate yourselves as you can find. Okay, uh, Sergio, do you want to take House's room in case like there's like other wizard shit in there that I wouldn't know how to deal with? Fair enough. Do you have a root cellar? <laughs> uh, yeah, she super does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Blink Blinken will show you there. I will do my best to follow him. <laughs> yeah, so that that is what happened. Yeah, we'll play that out real quick. So, uh, yeah, this this dog leads you like out into the yard and like keeps disappearing and reappearing further on, and is like kind of a little too eager and a little too far ahead. But you do find your way to uh, an enormous uh, root cellar built into the side of it. Perfect. I'm gonna the hell out. Yeah, um, there are a great. Well, okay. Here's here's what Jibeto sees. Jibeto sees a tall oaken barrel with a smell wafting from it which he might determine to be butter but there are also several shelves that are full of crates of some sort of elongated pointy orange root vegetable uh with a withered withered greenish top on it as he like sort of settles in for the night he's just gonna look at those and go well that can't be natural and roll it (laughs) (laughs) palfrey's ears above you you're in for a treat. You're in for a treat. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, folks, this is Luke Brevort, your host and dungeon master, and today I'm speaking to you as Blinkin the Blink Dog. I just love adventurers, don't you? I hope they bring me back a big troll bone. Thanks for listening to Session 8 of Vengeance. Our heroes finally get a bit of a break here after just a ton of action that, by my count, uh, has all occurred in the span of less than 24 hours. So kind of nice to switch gears for a bit of information gathering and downtime activities before deciding on their next move. Uh, The show is edited and sound designed by me, Luke Brevort. Our theme song is Castles in Winter by Joel Van Drogenbroek. All other music is by me. The website for my sound work is splendorsound.com. JL Householder does art for the show. You can find their work at jlhouseholder.com. You can follow the show at VengeanceDnd on Twitter, and you can tweet about the show using the Vengeance Podcast hashtag. All right, I'll let you get back to the episode. Talk to you soon. I would like to erase the two by my health, so let's sleep. Yeah. Cool. Uh, morning comes, you hear birds chirping. We'll say uh, Himo and Suka, having only had to meditate for four hours, got up in the middle of the night and um, seemed to have ingratiated themselves to Origa in the wee hours. And uh, she has sent, sent them off on some sort of educational exploratory task.
Okay. So they are nowhere to be found. Okay. I hope they find that cow. If I picked a bed at random and like found a pack on it, like and go through it, is there anything specific that I find that I can add to my thing, or we just kind of assume like just what is in that kind of pack is what I get. Yeah, I mean, they, like they would have had their valuables with them, so these are like changes of clothes. Okay. You know, maybe some whey bread or rations or something for their trip back, that kind of thing. Okay, I'm gonna take some rations. And, like, any clothes that I pulled out while I was going through the pack, I'm going to, like, hesitate and then start folding, like, in a very specific pattern in a way where, like, clearly someone taught me how to fold clothes like this. And I'm just going to kind of do that respectfully and put them back in the pack. Okay. <laughs> now I'm curious about Magnus's retail history. <laughs> Magnus is late for a jeans folding seminar. Let's locomote. <laughs> <laughs> Um, are we? Do we have any leads on what the next step is? We have this book. We have the image of the red hand with the star. We have, you know, some information about these artifacts, which is currently in a language that we don't speak, but it's possible Sergio can translate some of it. Is the next step for Sergio to, to get translating? Now do we go try to kick a plant's ass? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the spooky forest with the voices. Sergio could try to translate. I don't know. Do wizards, like, congregate? Like, could we go track down more wizards? I, I defer to Sergio's take on how wizards do in this world. I mean, there are, I, I would think there are probably certainly places where wizards do congregate. You know, maybe guilds. Mm -hmm. I think Sergio would certainly be aware of um, the town of Guildford, as mm. his name would suggest, being uh, the headquarters of most, if not all, guilds in yeah. this world. Which Arga mentioned... Guilford last night too that she said that that's where the kind of person who would know how to put a elemental into a coin probably trained or lived at Guilford so that's another option Sergio's conflicted because he's also thinking about going home <gasps> <laughs> I get such a shock do you vocalize this to any of us, or is this like an no, no? This is out of game. But I mean, there there are re there are vast vast resources available from his family and and whatnot. But he's not supposed to go back. So that that's 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 the conflict mm. right now. Oh right, because he's on kind of like a like a necromancer Romspringer, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Come come back when you have more skills and and are more fearsome. Yeah. And, so he's a little bit conflicted. Well, it seems like all of these weapons in this picture book mean something important. Mm -hmm. Things that people might try to kill for, might attack in large numbers for, get buildings blown up for, for example. <laughs> Do we know if like they're all in like if one person equips all of these, are they going to be like God tier? <laughs> I mean, I guess until we get this translated, we don't really know. Maybe all the writing around it is like, do not touch these things. They are bad. If I was going to make a rapier, this is what it would look like. Just <laughs> 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 character design. <laughs> well, just non-anecdotal evidence here, but um, I don't think the rapier necessarily, or any of the weapons, are dangerous to possess. Well, I guess we'll see. I mean... Well, for business, you said something about like meat plants <laughs> that we should take with us. Yeah, they're right over here. You see the roasts 
in the trees? The the sun glints through the steam of the coming off these fruits in the morning sun. <laughs> Ooh. I'm gonna climb a tree and then toss everybody a roast apple. Okay, uh, everybody, please roll decks to see if you catch them because these are quite heavy and ob- oblong. Am I still in the root cellar? <laughs> That's up to you, my. Like as roots are flying, I'm just gonna like. Oh uh, yeah, ro- roll roll decks with disadvantage because Pimlin is throwing one at you as soon as you open the door. <laughs> you tried carrots. Hey, have you tried roast fruit. Uh, dexterity. Yeah. Had it not been a disadvantage, it would have been an 18. Instead, it's a 17. <laughs> I got a 12. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say everyone catches their meat fruit. <laughs> As it comes at me, I'm going to hit it with the mace. Okay. It splatters and smells delicious. That was very thoughtful. As he's eating parts of the roast, locking eyes with Bimlin in the tree. You're not getting another one. <laughs> I climb off the tree. So, Horticulture think... aside, <laughs> it would appear that it would be in our best interest maybe to seek out assistance with this book in Guildford. While I can translate this theoretically, I would feel more comfortable having some support in that endeavor. Should we go to Guildford and bring someone back here so you don't have to go there? No, let's go together because unless I miss my guess, there will be opportunities for vengeance along the way. <laughs> you have yet to miss a guess. That sounds pretty good to me. I know how important I mean, that is to you. It is. <laughs> it is vital. <laughs> By the end of this campaign, we're all going to be like Homer Simpson with the do it for her thing on his horn, but it'll be awesome pictures of Sergio. Do it for her. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to uh, slow down things, but maybe if we're traveling, we're going to need provisions. Maybe somebody can gather those. That would be a productive way to spend. I have about an hour's worth of something to do really quick just to prepare. It seems like we're getting into a lot of trouble. And I say we, because when I was alone, I got into no trouble and everyone liked me. And everything changed when the rest of you showed up. And I just want to take a couple extra precautions, but I need some time for that. So if somebody can maybe, I don't know, buy things that we'll need to travel with if we're journeying. I mean, we should also see if Origa has a line on some more health potions, because I'm telling you, that one I took yesterday, water, nothing. (laughs) I guess I'm going to go in pursuit of that. I'm going to go back into the house and find Origa and ask her about if she knows where to procure any healing potions. Cool. Let's let's just say since Hemo and Suka are off doing something for this, at least this day, let's just yeah. say you you all have a day where you're presumably waiting for them to do whatever they're doing. So you yeah. can each choose to do whatever. Yeah. Um, and I guess we probably want them. She is good at hitting people with her arms. <laughs> um, and I'll say, Sergio, I would give you one uh, translation role of one page during this mm. day, if that's something you're interested in doing. Sergio, oh, are you going to translate? translate? It can't hurt. <laughs> Read the book. That is a uh, natural. It's just a 17. I don't know if I get any like proficiency or anything like that on it. Uh, yeah, plus wisdom. Plus wisdom. Uh, 17. Great. Okay. Um, what page are you translating? Uh, let's see. 
Mm, I'm going to start probably in the uh, the first page. Yeah, the first page. Okay. Wow, that's a spicy meatball. Okay, so you are very confident in your translation. Uh, you feel like you're landing on your feet here. Okay. Um, is this something Sergio would share with the party, or should I send this to you and then you can do what you like with it? Um, I think um, since we're kind of all off doing our own thing for a little bit, it would yeah. be something that I would then disseminate. Okay, cool. I don't think I can whisper in this chat, so I'll have to shoot it to you via text. Okay. While you're doing that, Luke, Magnus wants to like go over to Palfrey and like take uh, his mace out and be like, I noticed that you lost your, your pike there. I don't really need this. Do you want to borrow it? Oh, well, that's very thoughtful of you. Thank you. I would love to borrow it. All right. I'm going to give him my mace. Oh, so you, you have a mace. Does 1d4. Legending. Okay. I'm going to make a note that it is not mine. I should treat it with special respect. <laughs> Chris, I promise you that they're not all this long. You picked the long one. <laughs> oh, well, it's all right. This is awesome. All right. If we're if we're doing our things, Jibeto mm -hmm. uh, would like to wander off to a quieter space in the mm -hmm. uh, orchards mm -hmm. and just kind of kneel down and take out a couple of the bits of bloom steel that he collected from. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to use his channel divinity to access his artisan's blessing and over the next hour, craft an iron great club. Okay. And it would be just a, a spike of iron, two-handed for him, probably one-handed for a normal person. And it will be squared on all faces and have a Rubik's twist through it. Ooh, okay. Oh, that's cool. What are the stats on that sucker? All right, it's going to be eight, bludgeoning. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. It's yeah. just slightly better than a mace, but it also comes at the cost of, like, can't use a shield with it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And it's cool. Yeah. And it's so. cool. <laughs> yeah. You can just make stuff. Uh, what are our uh, Pimlin and well, Hani already said what you wanted to do. Um, yeah, Oregon for sure hooks you up with some herbal. Well, okay, here, here's what I'll say. Um, they are dried herbs that need to be like reconstituted with water, but they would function the same as a healing potion. Otherwise, okay, um, you get four. Okay, um, can I just quickly scout the house because the, if, if there's one thing that I could really use right now, it's a it's a shield. Mm -hmm. To guard my mm -hmm. shield in case there happens to be one sitting around, I would love to do with it. If there isn't one, that's also fine. I'll make do. Well, I'm going to be a, a, a genie right now and take you literally. You do find a garden shield. Uh, so <laughs> uh, in the shed, you find a wooden shield uh, that has some sort of damage markings on it. Um, that are in the shape of like roots that seem to have like grown into it very quickly and then been ripped out. Oh, wow. um, and it has sort of like a metal ring around the outside that holds the whole thing together. Yeah. Um, I will I will happily borrow that. Again, making a note, it does not belong to me. I'll bring it back at some point. Yeah, and um, I don't have the section open in front of me, but whatever is kind of just like a basic shield. There's, I think there's only one in the player's handbook and it's a plus two to AC. Yeah, sounds great. Mm -hmm. Gratefully take now that I'm wielding a one-handed weapon. Thank you. What's Pimlin doing? Uh, I'm going to go try to find some criminal elements. Hell yeah, dude. So there's a thing with the, the uh, criminal background, right? Where you can like, you just know people everywhere who can like do dark stuff for well, you. I was rereading it actually like just a minute ago. And it says okay. have reliable and trustworthy contacts. 
But in my backstory, I said that I fell out with like the guild. Right. So I think I like lost all my contacts. So I'm gonna go attempt to make new contacts Ooh. with the underground. Uh, okay. So um, of course the, the main town of Occam is completely destroyed, but the remaining uh, Chabum section uh, is maybe like two dozen houses and commercial buildings along a single road. Uh, what are you, What are you looking for? Anything particular? Anybody who has a sign that says import exports. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, so, yes, this is great. Um, so, Occam proper was where, like, all the above-board dealings happening happened. I would say, like, this is a very small town, but there's, like, one shady alley. Yes. That's that's only, like, 30 feet. It's just, like, a, like a really tiny alley. Um, but there's a, a greasy-looking uh, signboard with a uh, symbol of a crooked scales uh, and a gloved hand on the edge of it uh, oh. and a dark door leading downward. I, uh, I, I knock on the door. Okay. Uh, you knock on it and it actually swings, swings open. It's like oh. a poorly hung door. And uh, you see some dim candlelight inside and uh, stacks of barrels and a uh, grimy looking dude uh, with long, greasy black hair kind of pouring over some large books. And there's like, there's actually a bunch of like crumpled up, pieces of paper, like pages seemingly torn from the book all around him on the ground. Uh, he actually doesn't notice you as you come in. Well, hello, sir. Oh, uh, hello. Uh, what, what can I do for you? Oh, yeah. Sorry to sneak up on you. I, uh, I noticed the, uh, the sign out front had me intrigued. What kind of business are you in? Well, uh, you know, most of the, uh, the farmers around here do their business in Occam and sell it down the river, but uh, there are official set prices, and then there are those of us who prefer to make our own deals, uh, you know, one by one. Mm. And uh, so, you know, for those who like to uh, use, uh, I'll say, back channels, this is the place for them. I know a thing or two about back channels. Do you? Yeah, sure do. Um, I give them my whole life story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he says, no, you're the one who stole the Koi Malachite? Yeah. No kidding. Oh, man. That was some ballsy stuff. I'm, I'm not a member of the Thieves Guild, but I have some friends who, and boy, did that piss them off when uh, when that happened. Yeah, man. I had a, had a falling out, as you, as you would expect. Jeez. Uh, wow. Uh, well, you, you're, you're, I mean, yeah, you're, you're like a freaking legend and also extremely wanted, my friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, frankly, I could get a lot, uh, for turning you in to the Thieves Guild, but, um, I don't know. You seem like you might have something to interest me other than that. What have you stolen this time? <laughs> yeah, I haven't really stolen much yet, but just wonder if you needed some help, maybe. You know, back channel work, just, it needs, um... Mm -hmm. a sort of subtlety to it and I, I think I can give you that well uh, hmm. I mean all the guys who work for me died in the fire across the river yesterday mm. I'm and, sorry to uh, oh well they, they weren't very good at their jobs anyway so uh, honestly I'm trying to figure out how to how best to communicate the news to my uh, my customers down river in uh, Agrilar uh, at the coast would that be the same direction we would take if we were going to the city that Sergio's from um, I'm not sure where Sergio is from. Um, oh, okay. The the town you talked about going to is Guildford. Um, Guildford, that, yeah. Guildford would be like eastward over a mountain range. Mm. This would be like 
southeast down the river, like in the same valley. Mm. Well, as much as I'd like to help you out, I'm not heading that way anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Got some business up in Guilford. Mm. Uh, you got anybody up there that you know? Any connections? Yeah, I mean, that's that's as you know, that's the headquarters of the Thieves Guild. So there's there's plenty of uh, uh, underbelly to be had there. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, he so he gives you he gives you a name, uh, Drunlow, D R U N L O, uh, is someone who traffics in illicit pipeweed there. Ooh, interesting. Huh. Mm. Oh, I haven't had pipeweed in a while. Yeah, you know it's legal in a lot of provinces at this point. Is it? Wow, you don't <laughs> say. Cool, Drunlow. Thank you for the information. What was your name again? Uh, my name is Reldresal. R E L D R E S A L. Right. And he gives you a seriously, you are wanted as hell by the thieves guild. So tread lightly, friend. Oh, I know it. Well, I would trust your discretion on this matter. <laughs> you know, I got enough on my plate. So you know, if you do right by Drunlo, were to get back to me, and I'll keep my mouth shut. How about that? Hmm. All right, all right. Do you mind if I uh, I use you as like a a contact for this area? You get message back and forth. Yeah, no problem. Cool. You made a, a nasty friend. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I got to say, I feel really guilty as like a player. I feel like I have this whole side story going along that nobody else is involved. <laughs> I feel it's good for a few people to have like an iron in the fire that nobody knows about until it like comes back to bite the whole party in the ass. I can't wait. Um, I have a thing I would like to do, but I know not everybody got to do something yet. So if anybody else had something they wanted to do. What's your thing? I think uh, Magnus is really curious about this, like, arrow root. Because I think, like, he was given his magic. He, like, has learned all his magic from other people. So the idea that you could just, like, come up with new magical plants or, like, magic anything kind of is blowing his mind. So I think he's going to go try and get, like, as close to the edge of the forest as he can. For sure. Yeah, I mean, so this forest is completely, completely covered in this stuff. Like, if you've ever seen photos of, like, kudzu in the south. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, the sense you get is that one could not enter this forest without passing through this climbing plant, which is is growing before your eyes. Okay. Does he get the sense, like, if he tried to go through the plant, the plant would, like, like, would latch onto him? Or is it, like, mostly trying to use, like, immobile things to, like... I don't know if that's something that he could tell. Yeah. Um, so because they've established this like wide perimeter, it seems to just be sort of like extending arms out and then they just fall because there's nothing to grasp onto. Okay. But if he like got within its reach, it might grab onto him. Well, you would have to do so to find out. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I'm too scared. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to not do it alone. Okay. Cause I think, but I think he's going to file away. Like I want in this forest. <laughs> Okay. Not for riches, but for knowledge. Okay. Cool. So, assuming all those things happen through the course of the day, um, we'll say, I mean, I guess we could say Himo and Suka will rejoin with you that evening, having done whatever it is they've done, <laughs> which we'll figure out later. Um, <laughs> but you're all you're all back at, at uh, Arika's house in the evening. I want to have tea with her in the living room again, because that was so cool. So I want to sort of, like, go in the living room and just kind of, like, hang out. Like hoping that it'll happen again. Yeah, um, she's uh, she's in the same chair with the same blanket on her lap, uh, reading the same book, um, and without 
looking up from her book as you sit down. Uh, she moves her hand and refreshments appear around you from the plants near you as, as before. Oh, yes. Okay. That, I mean, that's what Magnus is doing for the time being. I'm going to come in dragging my great club just kind of behind me or like hoisting it up onto her shoulder and be like, Did you find that in our room? No. I sleep in the ground. Did you find it in the ground? Also, no. Thank you for asking. Did you have a productive day? <laughs> Not as productive as you. I didn't find any weapons. I made this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't steal things. That's trivial. Also, I would be excommunicated. We, the church doesn't steal. But it does steal. Oh, God. <laughs> Hey folks, just wanted to jump in here real quick. At this point in the session, the group decided that they were ready to depart for Guildford, but they didn't want to start the journey without Mike and Danielle present. So instead, we spent some time discussing the world map for the campaign and some of the characters' connections to the places on that map. Uh, at the time, I had only put together a little hand-drawn map of about a quarter of what ended up being the full world. Uh, so that's what we're discussing here. But later on, I did make a full map, and I've decided I'm just going to go ahead and share that full map with you all. Uh, so you can find that map at splendorsound.com slash vengeance map. Again, this map wasn't around until later in the campaign, so it includes some places that don't come up for a while. Uh, but there aren't any spoilers on it, and I think it'll be a helpful reference as we start getting into some travel with future sessions. Uh, once again, you can find the map at splendorsound.com slash vengeance map, all one word. Um, did anyone have any questions or want any info from the map I sent? Which yes. I think it's reasonable that some of your characters would be familiar with some of the places. Okay. Um, Luke, where in like in the mountain ranges would... Because uh, I didn't see it on here. Where would Magnus's hometown be? Would it be the mountains on the left or the mountains on the right? I think it would be... So So this... I imagine this as like the bottom right tile of four tiles. Oh, okay. So um, it would be like... There's there's sort of a um, a road extending above Weatherall where you guys were with that cave fight. Yeah. There's like a road following a river back that way. That would be the way to get to Magnus's hometown. Okay. I just figured I should know. Mm-hmm. Directionally. Is uh, the village in the in the sort of in the very middle? Is that Send? Yes. Can Palfrey be from Send? Yeah, for sure. All right, Palfrey of Send it is extremely extremely small. That's okay. I, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you sure? So he gets his folksy charms. Yeah. So so that in that case, Palfrey probably like knew a lot of people who just died in Ockham. Like this is his backyard, oh. pretty much. That's, that's newly sobering. You <laughs> <laughs> go back and like edit your reactions. Yeah. <laughs> it's so wonderful how like everyone we meet, we're always like, oh, a charming person. And they're like, yeah, everyone I know is dead. <laughs> it's like, oh, right, that. I mean, yeah. to, to be fair, you, you have remained adjacent to this disaster. <laughs> so the, the world is wider than this. But <laughs> it's very likely that we would meet a lot of people who are. Hung up on, yeah. Occam. I would say Pimlin is probably from Guildford. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. If Steve's Guild's there, spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. If it's a big city, plenty of sewers for me to be abandoned. In. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, and it would make sense. I would run like west. Yeah, and and you as a resident of Guildford would know that Guildford is sort of the the second largest city in the land in the continent. Um, mm-hmm. There's there is a larger capital city, which is sort of where Gibetto is from. You're from below it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Called a Nearway. Okay. But uh, cool. Thank you, Luke. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see everybody. See you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.